Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you help other people. My name is Kate Watson, and I'm here with my very good friend and colleague, Dr. Claire Lane, although we like to call her Dr. Dr. Claire Lane sometimes. Um, (laughs) Claire, Claire, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure, sure. So um, my name's Claire Lane. Um, and I live in the UK with my husband and my soon to be five year old little boy. Um, and in my free time, when I get some free time, I like to engage in dance, fitness and Pilates and hiking. Um, if I get a chance, I like to watch films and TV, but when I am working, my, my job is that I'm a clinical psychologist and actually Kate, I was quite pleased that you asked me to be involved with this podcast because when you're a clinical psychologist and you've got a child and you are surrounded by other people who have children, people think that you're an expert in being a parent and you're not. I might be sometimes able to be helpful to other parents with children because I'm a professional and I can take a step back and I can think about all the textbooks I've read and I can sit and formulate a situation and say, well, how about we try something like this? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. do you think that something like this might work? When you're in the moment and you're being a parent, you're a human being Mm -hmm. and you're not able to do that for yourself. And so... I kind of want to do this for all the clinical psychologists out there who kind of feel this weight of expectation on their shoulders and actually sometimes place that weight of expectation upon themselves as well, because it's the first thing that you beat yourself up about every Mm. single time. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. And the, the funny thing is, I because I have a background in psychology and I'm trained as a counselor, People also ask me for parenting advice and I always laugh because I'm like, what the hell do I know about parenting that, that parents don't know nothing. There's no secret magic book that I have. Um, and, and Claire, I'm glad that you, you started off by saying you're so pleased to be here. I felt like I kind of roped you into this. So let me explain to the audience why I was trying to rope you into this. And, um, and it, it works out that you're, you, you're happy to be here, but I wanted to do a series within the podcast called only trying to help my kids, um, all about the things parents do when they're trying to be helpful to their children growing up. Um, and I decided to divide it between age groups. So we'll do an episode on parenting toddlers and we're going to do that one today. And that's why I've asked you for some help. Uh, we'll do one about parenting teens and another one about parenting young adults. Um, but I, you know, Claire, I didn't ask you because you're a psychologist. 
Uh, I asked you because you have a little one who's soon to be five. So he's through those toddler years. And I just wanted you to come talk about your experiences. You, in my eyes, you happen to be a psychologist, but um, you know, I, I think what the listeners may enjoy is just hearing about some of your experiences. Um, so anyway, it works out that you're you're happy that I roped you into this. I'm always I'm always happy to talk to you, Kate. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. So you can feel free. You can feel free to wear the mom hat. You can feel free to wear the clinical psychologist hat or whatever hat you want. Um, but I guess I'm kind of curious. Why don't we start with like, what have you learned that like doesn't work so well when you see your child struggling with something, you're trying to help? Like, where do parents sometimes go wrong, you think? Oh, goodness. I I don't know about other parents. Um, I think your default is that you always fall back on quite often the way that you were parented or the absolute opposite of that. So if you've got um, if you've got some experiences of maybe things that your parents did do to try and help you and they really weren't helpful and you hated them, then perhaps you're going to try and do the exact opposite of that. Sometimes you might fall, you find yourself falling back into their habits. Now, unfortunately, what I do, and, and I, I say what I do, what I've done, and I've told myself I'm never going to do ever, ever again, is well, I buy wait. a book. Oh, you buy a book. <laughs> you buy a book. I was trying to I stop you. Yeah. I was trying to stop you before you said it on a podcast and it exists forever that you've told yourself you're never going to do this again, but you buy a book. Okay. So how does that go? <laughs> Absolutely terrible <laughs> because what you will find very quickly if you try and buy a book is that there are thousands of different books out there on whatever topic you've got. Now, when um my little boy oscar when he was a baby you know your facebook feed is always full of stuff that's marketed at you you know they know you've got a young baby mm -hmm. i've got i got loads of adverts about sleep programs books for babies sleep books about babies crying and and all sorts and what you learn very quickly is that basically a lot of what is written in these books have worked for one person at one time, but then it's sold to you as this is the way to do it. What I've found is that whenever I try to implement advice from a book, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and whenever I try to implement advice that are on things like the National Health Service website or is given to you by a health visitor, it doesn't work. Now, yeah. I don't know why this doesn't work. It could be because those interventions completely go against me and the kind of person that I am. Or maybe they just kind of completely go against the kind of person my kid is. I don't know. But, yeah. you know, um, with what I'm going to talk about today, you'll you'll know why I'm when I say I'm never going to buy another book ever again. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to that, Claire. I'm going to hold you to that. And it's a good thing for me to know as your friend that I should also not buy you books about parenting. Actually, you did buy me a book about oh, parenting. No, that I one did. was pretty good. Okay. That one was pretty good. Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. What book did I buy God. you about parenting? Hang on a second. I've just oh, got to remember God. the exact title. Um, was it Go the Fuck to Sleep? 
no you did get me that that wasn't a guide on parenting though that was a story and um, it was it was something oh I gave it to my sister um calm the fuck down <laughs> I knew the f word was in there somewhere <laughs> it was cool calm the fuck down and actually that was quite a good book okay <laughs> you know? well I might there look we at go. that one again there we go but I I do appreciate your point about books I know someone who is a father of a seven-year-old so we're not quite talking toddlers right this moment but just in general he said to me I've read all the books Kate okay and he said the trouble is they leave me confused because every book says something different and then you could read five books and then you're left wondering, well, which book do I listen to? Because book number one says the opposite of book number two. And I just laughed when he said this. And he looked at me like, why are you laughing? I said, because all these assholes just think they know and all just wrote a book and you went and bought them all. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's just somebody's ideas out there. I, I looked at him and I said, you know, you could write a book about parenting. And he laughed at me. I said, but you could, and many people do, and that's the problem. Um, but go ahead, Claire. I think I jumped in there a little bit. That's all right. No, that's absolutely fine. So basically, the thing that I'm going to talk about today, and I'm going to take a sip of wine before I do this. Okay. So what I'm going to talk about today is, is quite a taboo subject, actually, and it's something that I think a lot of parents struggle with a lot of parents don't talk about because there's so much shame attached to it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about potty training. Oh, I'm so glad because honestly, my worry setting up this series was that maybe everybody who came on each episode would just say the same things. And I don't think potty training is going to come up when we talk about teenagers <laughs> or young adults. No. So this is good. This well, is let's good. hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Good. Take it away. Yeah. So, I mean, potty training was probably the one bit of parenting that I was really nervous about. And, you know, I remember it being incredibly traumatic. And I remember thinking, I don't want this to be like this for my kid, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't really know what to do, but I don't want it to be like that. And so I thought, well, one thing that has always gone really well with Oscar is when I've let him take the lead on things. Um, and so I thought, you know, we're not going to do anything until he tells me that mm -hmm. he's ready to start wanting to do that. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to step completely away from it. And actually, that was quite comfortable for me because it meant that I got to avoid it as well, which was <laughs> nice. I could avoid it for as long as I needed to. And then I'd face up to it when I had to. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly there did come a day. And the day came when I was not expecting it. You know, I had everything ready. I knew that this was a possibility. So, you know, I had the potty, I had the toilet seat, I had the pants, you know, I had everything ready to go. And we we're out on a shopping trip. And he suddenly says to me, Mummy, I want to go for a wee and I want to do it in the toilet. And I'm like, okay, all right. And um, so I took him to a local supermarket mm -hmm. and then he said, take the nappy off and leave it off, mummy. I don't want to wear them anymore. And I'm like, okay. How did you feel? Nervous? Nervous, but kind of confident because I thought, okay. actually, if this is what he's wanting and I know that I'm in for a, a long road and it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. 
but you know if he can tell me when he's wanting to go and and i said why why do you want to to get rid of the nappies and he said i want to wear pants like logan who's one of his little friends <laughs> and i'm like okay all right so do you think that you can manage this and so basically he went commando all the way home <laughs> and i got home and we put some pants on him and we told his dad and um you know he was kind of partly ready for it but he wasn't quite ready to start telling us when he needed the loo and um you know i kind of expected this but you know it was hard work it was yeah. definitely hard work those few days um and you know we kind of backed and forthed a few times you know all the books tell you don't back and forth just stick with it but actually mm. we backed and forthed because okay. actually you need to prepare yourself to be ready for this yeah right and so we backed and forthed a couple of times and then thought no we're going to run with this and so we we ran with it and you know my my little boy he he did not make this easy you know and the reason he didn't make it easy is because from what i can understand and i think it's something that he still kind of grapples with a little bit now but he's, he's kind of coming around to the idea he thinks that when you go to the toilet should be on your terms mm -hmm. you know you should go when you want to go rather than when you need to go he's he's a little too empowered <laughs> He's a little bit too empowered, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the trouble is trying to explain this to a three-year-old, you know, it's impossible. It's really, really hard, you know. Yeah. What he could see um, was mummy getting flustered, daddy getting angry, and, mm -hmm. you know, mummy bought a book, which she left on the shelf and, and actually didn't touch because... I opened up one of the pages and it started talking about reward charts. Okay. Mm. Now I'm a psychologist. I should be cool with things like reward charts and stuff. I'm not cool with reward charts. We are not a reward chart family. And mm -hmm. I could blow out the whole of this episode talking about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. Um, but I won't. We're just, you know, that's just not the way that we do things. And we've never done things in that way. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I don't think this is the book for me. And I left it on the side. Oh, dear. And then, <laughs> then my little boy starts um, <clears throat> basically stall withholding. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a behavior that then carried on for well over a year. Right. And I'm like, you know, eventually this literally this shit has to come out right <laughs> and it's going to come out yeah. one way or another mm -hmm. you know and it's going to be unpleasant and it's going to be hard work but you know it's just going to have to be as it is because the only way he's going to get on top of this is to come through it himself mm -hmm. you know and um, my other half couldn't cope with that and so my other half picked up the book and he uh. tells me he read the book it turns out he didn't really read the book he, he mm -hmm. just kind of read a bit of the book and didn't really read it properly. So one day I'm working in the office and I get an irate husband storming through the door who says, right, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, if, if he's going to, if he's going to poo, you know, we've got to do something to encourage him to get this out. And I said, I really don't think that that's going to work with our kids. And he said, well, according to this book, which it says on the front is written by an expert. And incidentally, it's a book that you bought. 
I'm going to follow the book. And I said, well, what does it say? It says it has to be a big and meaningful reward. So basically, I'm going to start giving him a toy car every time that he does a poo. And I said, I'm telling you, this is a really bad idea. It can't be a bad idea because it says it right here in your book. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I haven't picked up that book and read it. I think I might need to read it because I don't think that it would have said that. It says it. I've read it. You haven't. This is what I'm doing. And so I just looked at him and just kind of went, well, if <laughs> I just feel like I need to tell you that you're about to get yourself into a big fat mess. And I want to make it clear that I'm not entirely sure that I'm going to be able to get you back out of it again. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't care. I don't care. You know, I can't sit with this, you know? Um, <laughs> and so he, he does this and it works like a dream, you know? And at one point we were getting four poos a day. You know? <laughs> because he wanted um, four cars a day. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and then he kind of comes in and he goes, you know, I can't keep up with the demand. And I said, well, I think you're going to have to buy a bigger box of cars then, aren't you? Because I don't know how to get you out of this. Mm -mm. And so, you know, he buys a big box of cars and then he's like, you know what, this can't continue. And I said, yeah. And, um, and then one night he said, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I think I need you to get me out of this. And how? Well, we started, I told him to go and pour me a large gin and tonic. Smart. Yep. Mm -hmm. While I, I quietly seethed in the corner of the room. And I said, you know, you've got me. And he said, I've got something else to tell you as well. I didn't read the book properly. And I said, I'm not surprised you didn't read the book properly. What did the book actually say? And he said, well, he said a big, it said a big reward. What I didn't realize is what they meant is a bigger sticker yeah and i'm like yeah they use sticker charts he goes sticker charts are shit you know that's never going to work with our kid and i said i know that that's why i didn't read the book mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> okay. that's why you weren't going down that path yeah yeah and so i just sat there and you know i knocked back this gin and tonic and i said okay right so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna you've got the rest of that box of cars upstairs i said we're just gonna give him the entire box of cars and say well done for a good job and we're mm -hmm. going to start from scratch. And he's like, okay. And then what ensued was probably a good six to eight months of Oscar um, kind of holding on to wheeze, holding on to poos, having accidents left, right, and center, and da 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 mm -hmm. da da da. Which, you know, you kind of you say, well, that's to be expected. But actually, when you're having to deal with it day in, day out, it becomes yeah. the bane of your life, mm -hmm. you know? And they go off to the childminder, or they go off to a play group, or they go off somewhere when you're all out with your friends, and it happens and it happens, and it's just like, oh my God. And, um, you know, there were times when it was better and each time it's better, you tell yourself, oh, great, he's cracked it. That's it. He's cracked it. Potty training isn't linear like that. I mean, maybe for some kids it is, but not for my kids. Mm -hmm. And there was a there was a day when me and Oscar, we quite often sit and have little chats. And he was telling me that he thought I was the best mummy in the world. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> And I said, you know, I think maybe there's some things that I don't get right. He goes, yeah, but you always say sorry, mummy. And I said, but do you know what I haven't said sorry for? 
I think when you were learning to use pants and learning to use the toilet, I didn't do a good job because this is a job that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you do a job for the first time and you've never done it before, it's hard. And he said, like learning to use the toilet, mummy. And I said, exactly. I said, it's hard learning to use the toilet. Can you imagine how hard it is trying to teach somebody to learn to use the toilet if you've not done that before? And he said, well, mummy, you know, I think it would be nice. You know, there's this one Hot Wheels monster truck that I really, really want. And I think that if I can show you how well I can use the toilet for a whole week, I could get this monster truck. And, you know, I think that that actually worked really well. So what he's actually doing at this point is he's bargaining with me saying, hang on a minute. You know, I'm up to doing this thing that I wasn't up to doing a few months ago. Mm And actually this toilet training thing is still extrinsically motivated for me because I feel like I'm making all these efforts and I don't get any reward for it. Yeah. And so I kind of sat back and I thought, this is really interesting. Now, what do I do with this? And what my head was saying was, don't dare go anywhere near this. Don't go anywhere near this. It seems a little suspicious. (laughs) What my heart was saying was, bless him Mm -hmm. you know he's making a real effort here what do i do and so i sat there and i said yeah but what happens after you've got the monster truck and he goes well you know i could do the same again and i could get another one and i said no i said if you want to do this this is the way that it works you do that and yes i'll give you a monster truck but after that no more rewards Mm. okay i expect you to do this all the time and he said okay mummy and he was a bloody angel for the whole of that week you know Mm -hmm. he was going when he needed to and i'm like you know this is amazing i'm really proud of you for being able to do this and so he gets his monster truck so what's the first thing that he does he wets himself oh no and then the next day he wets himself and i sat down and i said to him do you remember what our deal was do you remember what our agreement was you know sometimes you need to go at times when you want to be doing something else, but you need to stop and you need to go. And you've proved to me that you can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't do that, the monster truck is going. And and my husband was just like, you know what? We, we were staying at my mum's over the summer and we'd had like a weekend in London. And, you know, all the time there was this undercurrent of friction and annoyance coming from my husband because he couldn't handle the fact that Oscar hadn't been for a poo, right? (laughs) And Oscar was, of course, was picking up on it and reacting to it. And, you know, I just kind of sat with him that evening when we got back to my mum's and I thought, I'm just going to try something completely different. It might Mm -hmm. not work, but actually I think it might work. So it's worth giving it a go. And I said... I really think that you need to go. And he said, but why do you think that I need to go? And I said, well, first of all, you look grumpy. Mm -hmm. And usually that's one of the signs to me that you want to go because there isn't any reason for you being grumpy at the moment. You look uncomfortable. You can't sit still. And I'm a bit concerned about you. I said, but you know, how has it felt with daddy being grumpy with you about this? And he said, oh, it's been horrible. And how does it make you feel about daddy? I feel angry with him, mummy. I'm really angry with him. I said, does that make you want to hold it in a little bit more? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yeah. So you're telling him loud and clear that 
you don't want him to be in control of when you go. You want to be in control of when you go. I said, would you like to get him back? And he went, yeah. And I said, well, do you know one thing that daddy really, really hates to do? And he said, what's that? And I said, he really hates having to clean your bum. Mm. And I said, so, you know, what would really make this a brilliant day and would get him back was if you went to the toilet right now and you did your poo and you forced daddy to wipe your bum. (laughs) (laughs) And this little face, he had a smile from ear to ear, went off to the toilet, dropped what I can only compare to like a flaming German U-boat or something down the toilet and screamed, daddy, come and wipe my bum right now. Mm-hmm. And and my husband was just kind of like stood there with his, his eyes wide open. And I looked at him and I went, stick your syrup of figs up your ass and go and wipe Oscars. <laughs> and basically, Kate, this has really, really worked. And, you know, there are the odd days when he holds it in. But actually, now my husband gets involved in the game a little bit and says no no i'm going out i'm gonna go and hide which you know he's like no mummy mummy you've got to make him do it you've got to make him wipe it and it's worked you know yeah i mean playing with power and control can be very interesting and it it seems that you've gotten to the heart of the matter for him and it's not in a i won't swear it's not in a book You don't find this stuff written in a book. Not until you to... not until you write the book. <laughs> I'm not writing a book. My God, it's bad enough that I'm talking about this on a podcast. I'm not documenting it in writing as well. <laughs> oh my goodness. But you know, all, all those months of stress and everything. But you know, I don't think it was just that. I think it was also that he'd matured to the point that you could level with him in that way. Yeah. You know, six months before, there's no way that I could have left with him. One of the things that I think is really interesting, or maybe two things I think really interesting about the story. One is that there was that moment where he had earned the monster truck. So he showed you what he was capable of doing. And I think a lot of parents miss that. And then when their child goes on to struggle with something, they say, oh, maybe my kid can't do this thing that we're trying to do. Maybe my kid isn't there yet or isn't ready yet or isn't capable. And I think we all need to recognize the times when our kids do things that they are capable of doing when they are properly inspired to do so. Uh, And I'm using the word inspired because it could take many (laughs) forms. It could take many forms. Um, And then when they later on do not perform the same behaviors that you wanted them to perform. um, It's not that they're incapable. It's that they're choosing not to in that moment. And I think that's an important distinction. Um, And I watch a lot of parents make it. Oh, I don't want to say make excuses. Let me try that again. I watch a lot of parents struggle with what can my kid do? What is my child really capable of? And I want to say, if you've seen them do it before, they're capable of doing it now. Um, maybe not every day, maybe not with consistency, but there is a capability there. They have performed in this way before they can perform in this way. Again, um, the other thing, Claire is, is the way that you let Oscar see you make mistakes and you talk to him about mistakes, I think is really beautiful 
because you're creating an environment where now the family is not expected to be perfect. And the family can talk about, you know, uh, I guess I didn't really read the book the right way. You know, we can kind of admit where we haven't done things perfectly. And I think that that is something that will pay dividends when he's a little bit older. Yeah. And I think actually it's, it's always the way that I operate. You know, mm. I always think if you can talk about things, even when they're really little, you know, I think if you can talk about when you get it wrong <clears throat> and you can talk about the fact that actually you're fallible as a human being, I think it makes it OK for them to yeah. be fallible as well. And, you know, just thinking when you were kind of um, reflecting there, um, one thing that when particularly you've got toddlers, preschoolers and their language is quite good. And actually a lot of the time when they're able to kind of do things um, as you'd like them to do them and you're able to reason with them a little bit, you kind of forget that they're really little and their way of thinking and their logic is not the same as perhaps a seven or an eight year old or an adult. You forget that. Yeah. And I think one of the big mistakes that we made through this whole fiasco is that we quite often been able to reason with Oscar on a really, really basic level. But, you know, through this, it was very, very obvious that we couldn't reason and use logic with him in the same way, because that's just not where he was at. That's not he hasn't grown enough brain for that yet. You know, you find yourself sitting there thinking, oh, come on, you bloody stupid psychologist. You know, you've forgotten like your neuro and your child development here. You know, <laughs> But, you know, you kind of get caught up in it and you forget, you know, and yeah. even now I sometimes forget that he's not even quite five yet, you know. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, having those frank conversations, but keeping in mind, he may not be grasping all of the things that you're saying is a nice balance. It's essentially a way for you as a parent to practice having these conversations. And if he gets 20% of it, cool. And then in two years, when you have the same kind of conversation again, maybe he'll get 40% of it, but all along the way. <laughs> All along the way, you as a parent are practicing how to talk about making mistakes and how to talk about growing as a person and doing better next time. And you're, you're getting the practice talking about it with him. So as he ages and he's gradually understanding more of what you're saying, you'll be so good at it by the time he's grasping 99% of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's important to, you know, I say I think it's important. I don't mean that I think everybody has to do it that way, but I think yeah. it's something that works for us. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, is there anything else that you'd like us to know before we start to shift gears or is a 30 to 40 minute poo story really? <laughs> <laughs> really your contribution today? Because I'm happy with that. I'm perfectly happy with that. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, I'd just like to say that actually I am a really good psychologist. I don't work with kids most of the time. You know, I'm trained to work with kids and I can. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, don't don't be put off having a session with me because I am quite good. <laughs> I, I think 
I honestly think the opposite is going to happen. People are going to start calling and writing to me saying, how do I get an appointment with Dr. Claire Lane? (laughs) Absolutely. What you do is you turn up with a glass of wine and we just sit there and say, oh, fuck's sake, this parenting shit is really hard. It's really hard. You know, typically after I release an episode, Claire, I take little quotes from the, 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 episode and I put it on social media. So I think for you, there's going to be a little quote from Dr. Claire Lane that says, oh shit, this parenting shit is really fucking hard. (laughs) I am happy for you to quote me on that. In fact, that will be the name of my parenting book. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've written down, you know, when do things go wrong? I've got, I've got things here. It always goes wrong when I follow instructions from a book or from a health professional. It always goes wrong when I'm letting my own gain inform my choices. Mm. It always goes wrong if I go against my gut instincts and everything about this potty training went against my gut instincts. And the other thing is, it always goes wrong when my frontal lobes are aching. See, this is this as you were as you were going through the list, I was thinking, oh, this is perfect. I could see it on a poster or like a fridge magnet, or you know, this is this is so helpful. And then I thought by the last one, now we have to explain to people how to know if your frontal lobes are aching. You know, I mean, oh dear, I was thinking about this earlier because I've noticed that lately I'm getting like really grumpy within them and I'm feeling really, really tired. Mm -hmm. And the thing is when they're toddlers, your frontal lobes ache because you're having to basically behave as their frontal lobes because they've got no impulse control or anything there, right? It's a different kind of exhaustion because basically you're firefighting all the time. You're being your own frontal lobes, you're being their frontal lobes, but they still nap at that point. So you get like an hour and a half off going (gasps) to recover. I thought I thought I had no clue what you meant until you just described it that way. And now I'm sitting here going, oh, I know exactly what that means. When you have to be the grown up for yourself and for someone else, listen, you don't need to have a toddler to know that feeling we all have been around someone who actually like falling to pieces yeah. or is not in a good place or yeah and you've yeah. had to be the calm reasonable rational steady figure for that person and for yourself at the same time so now i totally yeah. get what you mean yeah frontal lobes aching. i think yeah what a, a toddler kind of brings is with the lack of impulse control you're looking out for hazards you're looking for them running towards a hazard and you know there's all of that as well and yeah (laughs) but where he's at at the moment because he's he's about sort of four or five years old he's got the impulse control um but what he's also developed is an idea of how he thinks the problem needs to be solved and he can't hold himself back from the impulse of wanting to sort it out even though he doesn't necessarily have the dexterity to be able to do it yeah and so it's kind of like, right, wait for mummy. No, no, because I can see what I need to do. No. <laughs> um, but another thing that he does to me is from the second that he wakes up to the second that he goes to bed, he's full of questions constantly. I can't handle it. 
And, and, you know, it's almost like, you know, from the second that you're awoken in bed, it's like question one, two, three, four, you know, I base it's like having somebody asking you to quote the Encyclopedia Britannica from, from the second that you wake up. And, you know, I think after about two hours, that's when I start to get grumpy and I start to get fatigued. And when you're trying to do something at the same time, like let's just say you're trying to drive a car or you're trying to make a cup of coffee or you know you're trying to sort something out you're trying to get yourselves out the door at the same time you know it's mm -hmm. kind of like an extra layer of exhaustion and i think what i'm trying to say is that with kids you kind of just get into a groove of how you handle it and you get into a groove of how you handle a situation and you get into a routine and a groove and you know what you're gonna do and then the sands shift but the trouble is they don't shift necessarily particularly fast it's like you don't realize they've shifted and they have mm -hmm. and that kind of leads to i mean particularly with sort of toddlers and preschoolers one minute everything's working fine and the next you're shouting at them constantly for about three days <laughs> you're like, you know what's going on this is not the kind of parent that i want to be mm -hmm. um i suppose that's one good place where your psychological skills come in because you're like something isn't working here i need to take a step back and think about what's happening <laughs> yeah yeah self-awareness is probably one thing that you have some more practice with compared to maybe your average person yeah yeah but i wouldn't have said that that necessarily makes it any easier or any more obvious sometimes because sometimes it can take me weeks to realize oh actually do you know what this just ain't working mm. Mm -hmm. well that could also be the title of your book this just ain't working <laughs> <laughs> this shit ain't working <laughs> this shit ain't working and my frontal lobes are aching <laughs> gonna be the first one to buy this book when it's on amazon oh my god no i can't i can't put it in a book i don't read books not anymore mm. and you know i'm i'm thinking so many of the things on that list probably will become themes through all of the episodes where we talk about parenting uh, but each of these things that you've spoken about may have a particular twist based on age group um of of each kid so um, this has been fantastic. When all of the piles of fan mail come in with your name on oh, them, stop. I will I will be sure to send them your way. Um, and I just want to thank you so much for doing this.